Hello and welcome to this Smart Cities World podcast in association with Cloudera and IBM Power Systems on how big data and machine learning can benefit cities. I'm Graham Neal and I'm editor of Smart Cities World. Data is clearly at the heart of all of our lives. Driven last decade by the smartphone boom, the years ahead will see data on a huge scale being produced by millions of different kinds of sensors. This data can be rich and par hitherto unforeseen use cases, but in order to work, it needs to be processed effectively. That's where big data and machine learning comes in. Joining me to discuss the technologies is Alexander Scheller, Regional Sales Director, Cloudera, Germany. To begin with, could you introduce Cloudera and your position within the industry? Sure, Graham. And, uh... Happy to do that. So we at Cloudera believe that uh, actually data can make what is impossible today possible tomorrow. That's a big, big theme for us, and we truly believe that. What we mean by this is that uh, data drives our lives, how we work, and how we are connected on each other. And this data uh, has a special trait, right? And this special trait is that data is growing rapidly everywhere. Um, from an industrial point of view, um, the internet um, and the industrial internet data, for example, is growing two times faster than any other data source because of several aspects. One aspect is in that regards that sensor prices uh, declined 66%. Um, over the last, last decades. And that leads into massive, massive amount of data. We will discuss later on also for the public, uh, public sector, which could be used across uh, different use cases and across um, different agencies within the public space. However, um, if you if you consider this, um, there's a huge demand for um, for a platform um, to get use of this and to make this even more productive. And uh, this is one aspect Cloudera is focusing on to deliver exactly this kind of data platform who could manage this data on the one side. On the other side is uh, mm-hmm. our mission that we like to empower people to transform these complex data into clear and actionable insights um, they could use to develop new services or even judge decisions on. Uh, to most uh, best way, uh, also uh, based on the support of machine learning and AI. So what makes us unique is that we deliver this kind of platform um, from, we call this edge to AI. So from this as I just shared with you, the sensors uh, down to um, or over data lakes, uh, technically speaking, into data warehouses, as well as um, to the consumer, if you want, of this kind of data, um, a human being sitting in the agency or even an application or also um, 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 a machine learning capability who gives exactly these kind of judge decisions um, um, companies or even all agencies need to have and to make decisions on. Um, And what 
is very special to us is um, and that is resonating quite nicely to the public sector and also by saying so to smart city um, uh, use cases we will discuss later the point that we could deploy these kind of use cases in any way and on we are completely agnostic um, to this um, deployment mod method means um, if you like to run this on premise not a problem at all. If you run this um, on cloud or on private cloud or public cloud or even hybrid cloud, um, it's totally up to you. So we are having this kind of platform on the one side, um, which you can deploy it everywhere. And you could also um, uh, take uh, the burden away of uh, governance and security aspects because we do some layer which is dealing with all the governance and securities requirements um, typical um, in typical scenarios like this. So that is Cloudera um, in a nutshell, I would call. And can you contextualize why big data and machine learning are so important to cities right now? Sure, <laughs> quite, quite easily. I would say over time, every data will be big data sooner or later, um, especially in my, our understanding um, for federal agencies, state offices and city offices, uh, the question is how could they leverage this data into insights? Um, so put this uh, and put this to work, right? So this requires a modernized infrastructure that can match the ever-growing flow um, researchers say, as an example, we will see 157 zettabytes of data by 2025, of which 80% of that will be unstructured um, on, on the one side. So machine learning um, and these capabilities like AI can help to spot these problems before they occur, leading to a smoother city operation. Uh, just to give you an example here, in the context of a smarter city operation would be uh, the use of uh, parking metrics, as one example, to effectively allocate parking in order to accommodate daily needs and to better align parking with public transportation facilities. And here you see exactly where these little mosaics needs to play nicely together. Um, and we think also that not data alone does make things smarter. It's the end-to-end uh, -end, from edge to AI collecting, managing, analyzing of these data, which is core to modernize, uh, to modernize actually the approach of city on the one side, and on the other side, um, start the journey into a so-called smart city if you want. And what are the kinds of data that are being produced today in cities that they can take advantage of? Yeah, smart cities continuously strive towards making the right data available to the right people at the right time to help build solutions that complex urban, to solve these complex urban challenges. Uh, so rock bottom, the answer would be any kind of data you could imagine, right? Um, a good example is uh, a European city 
which is collecting data from more than 1,800 sensors spread across the city um, with uh, registration of far beyond of 1.3 million daily records in its database. Um, goes from urban furniture, city equipment, garbage containers into the public parking spots, as we just discussed. Energy monitoring is one example. Even noise monitoring, right? Considering that urban lab monitoring includes air, temperature, humidity monitoring, garbage collection monitoring, and parking spots monitoring. These are the rough bottom the use cases. Uh, now gets a step further in in the idea of uh, getting a city smarter. Um, now let's uh, take off um, the used example of uh, smart waste bin, right? To guide you through this and how we get from sensors, I would call them stupid sensors, into real benefits for the citizen. Um, the first thing you will um, hear in a typical use case like this is uh, pretty simple. It's pretty simple, right? Uh, you got a bin. Uh, which has a sensor and um, it could tell you that it's full. Uh, good job, but um, it can call maybe also and request someone to uh, come to empty this, right? Uh, so trash might get empty um, and that's the downside to this more often um, as it needed, but these will lead into cost, um, which will go through the roof, right? Uh, trucks, on the other end, could end up in coming back in the same street um, to empty smart bins close or each, each one close um, to each other that just um, happened that they were full, but the I'm full message was eight hours um, apart. So this is an issue that we could overcome, but at all is not so so smart, I would say. Um, the approach would be, um, and how we can fix this, is that the sensors um, could talk to each other and check if any other of the bins um, close by are nearly too full. And then we can optimize these, let's say, routes um, automatically to with the combination of the sensor data and route optimization to empty the trash based on machine learning capabilities, right? Now we're getting even closer to the aspect of getting smarter. So here we are. Already we are talking about machine-to-machine -machine data and uh, boring old structured data in terms of address, geolocations, etc. However, that's still not the end, right? Um, and it's just the beginning of a beautiful journey from our point of view. Uh, additional analytics can now be put on top of um, just the data we have in, the, in this example, and they can lead into better planning of decisions. As one example, where do we need more of your bins? Simple question, but hard to answer if you don't have the database for this or better stuff and uh, fleet management, uh, bigger cars, bigger trucks, um, more often, et cetera, PP. So all these aspects um, in terms of what we source do we actually need, where and when 
could be answered um, by this kind of integrated approach. And now another tweak could come by maybe also putting the weather into this um, complete um, as complete assessment. Um, maybe we see if it's more rain outside, people stay more at home and producing if you want more trash or even holidays. So you need less um, less frequency of emptying your, your, your trash and your bins. So finally, um, let's run. And finally, um, even if we have this kind of integrated process, we can also go back to the citizen why we are doing all of this and ask the citizen um, to run as, for an example, sentiment analysis in terms of um, pulling now social data like tweets also into this feedback process and start a poll based on, um, on, on, on this new, let's say, services from the city and ask the uh, citizen if they are more happy, more lucky, uh, because they have now a cleaner environment. So this simple example is, from my point of view, um, a good hypothetical, I never saw this so far, um, uh, use case um, of how we can um, how we can support um, these kind of cities with these kinds of initiatives um, coming from an, let's say, sensor, which just tell my my bin is almost full or is full, I'm ready to be, um, be uh, cleaned up uh, to a point where we go into really the life quality, if you want, of, of uh, people living in cities. So why aren't cities able to deal with data effectively today? What what obstacles do they face? It's from our experience um, and talking to more than 40 um, different, um, uh, in 40 different uh, countries to um, the governments or to the agencies, it's a twofold problem. Um, the one side is uh, you have common, if you want common public sector data challenges. Um, and these are, the majority is, could be condensed down to five aspects, right? Number one is you have legacy systems. I mean, they are using this kind of technology since decades already, and they are not, simply not equipped for today's volume, variety, and velocity of data. Um, you also will see that's point number two, you have silos everywhere, right? So every agency is keeping their own data uh, if you want um, due to several reasons, right? Um, one you will always face is that's number three, security and governance, right? So you need to be secured um, from every angel of, um, of, of looking at this, right? Then you also have... Um, a bit of cultural um, um, aspects to consider. Um, what we mean by that is you have maybe um, a limited um, wish to collaborate between the different, let's say, uh, stakeholder um, in, in a project like this, what we just discussed, like say the traffic and maybe the 
um, uh, cleaning of, of, of the street itself, which is um, residing in different departments. Um, and then you have, of course, also the situation that cloud is uh, has arrived, I would say, in, in, in the head, but it's not in the execution so far. So um, they don't really know how to execute on that. Um, we see in some situations that this is opens up dramatically because scale is a huge thing in government. I mean, if you talk here in Germany, you talk about 82 million citizens. Um, if you ask them to do something, you don't know exactly how, how should I scale out quickly, how many people really uh, using the services and so on. So you need to scale on the one side and you can't keep everything on premise and um, have the on premise cost structure. Uh, but on the other side, cloud has this, uh, let's say, flavor of um, not being governed in a way like on premise, which is also to be discussed. However, these five aspects are driving, um, are driving the data challenges, um, legacy systems, silos, culture, um, a bit um, security governance aspect and cloud. Um, and then you do have on the other side, because it's a twofold problem at the end of the day, um, the key trends um, you see um, in, in, this, um, in, in, in this dimension. Number one is you got exactly what we discussed earlier, more data everywhere, right? Sensors, IoT, applications, uh, sources um, in general. You have also increased expectation from the citizens um, in terms of self-service, how to register stuff, um, how to move your home, when you move your home, um, especially in times like we're living now with Corona, um, it, it would make sense to go more into self-service. And if you talk to millennials, they don't even know what maybe uh, this agency, um, how to deal with all of that. You also have this cloud aspect again, um, hybrid, multi-cloud, private cloud, public cloud, governmental cloud, exactly multi-cloud, multi um, let's say key trends here. And again, uh, the point of uh, security, the raising um, awareness of cybersecurity, et cetera, like this. And these two aspects um, um, play into this, um, into this uh, situation that cities are um, a bit lagging. Um, from our point of view, in terms of adapting this, um, they're quite, let's say, sustainable, I would say, in terms of how they approach this. But if they do it, and we do have, I would say, the pleasure to have really interesting use cases coming up um, in, the, in, in, in my market here in Germany, um, it's very, very inspiring, actually, what the cities is trying to uh, have in their project pipeline for the upcoming, and here it goes again, five to 10 years. It's really, really impressive. Now, you've just been discussing the issue of silos. Uh, I was wondering if you could uh, elaborate on uh, open platforms and why they are so important when it comes to the uh, processing of this kind of technology. Yeah, that's a really unique point um, because the openness and the op 
urban platform aspect is especially with smart cities um, very important topic um, smart city projects and with that smart services um, they create a complex multi-layered and multi-dimensional environment with multiple stakeholders bold sentence but it's really true you know just to give you an example an, an open platform uh, open platform are key because of the economies of scale uh, aspect um, just to give you an example here let's assume you are a startup from munich and you would like to develop a mobile application uh, that enables the multi-model routing and integrated usage of public public transport, electric mobility, and uh, different energy uh, infrastructure elements. Um, for example, charging stations across Germany. Right. Um, therefore, the startup obtains relevant data regarding the current city from the related open urban platform via an open data portal as one example right so the extent of their service to other city in germany and the startup is using um, different portals where they can have access to their data catalog to open um to to open up their let's say um, application and to extend their services into um, other cities um, and this needs to happen because it doesn't make sense to reproduce every other day with every other application the same data set, if you like. We need to have a high reusing um, capability of this kind of data. And only the city actually could provide you with where's the charging station, where can you drop an e-scooter is one example where you shouldn't. Um, that should be regulated and that should be in the ownership of the city itself. On the other hand, and that's also the, the word in here is the public-private partnerships, right? It is an increase of the life quality if you could have, um, if you could offer these services uh, to your citizen and uh, make this um services available to your citizen or your tourist or whoever um, could consume this kind of services. And this kind of transparency um, in terms of data set, accessibility to this data is crucial um, to make on the one side, the service itself successful and to uh, use the economies of scale behind that in terms of leveraging the same data set um, for different services on one side, and therefore drive also innovation and um, let's say other aspects um, for their citizen. Right? So these are um, these are the reasons why open platforms are so important, and only cities uh, and only cities cities should be the owner, if you want, of these data sets. Um, that there's a strict guidance also in in the data set um, where you hook on your services too. You've given some great examples already, uh, but could you tell me what are the other benefits if cities use big data and machine learning to handle their data? Sure, so there are um, some of them we can talk quite open because we can reference them, others 
unfortunately we can't just give you an idea what we can share with the audience um, public, publicly is um, uh, a use case by uh, from the US actually. Um, it's on the context of better use of data, telemetry data from vehicles. Um, on the one side, um, use a social app called Waze um, um, plus uh, corresponding roadway sensors uh, and weather data. And you see here, also, also what we discussed earlier, the different type of data comes into play here. Um, it's a use case from Kentucky Transport Cabinet. Um, and they use all the information to better apply and protect the roads um, and the citizen during storms, right? Using big data to improve service efficiency by delivering real-time weather response through sensor data combined with temperature, social media, and first responder data. Uh, it's a quite interesting case, which is uh, has his roots, if you want, in, in a storm 2013, 2014, um, where the wet winter was unusually severe in Kentucky. And um, they run nearly out of salt because of the hard conditions on the street and to keep the roads dry and allow safe passage passage for citizen. Um, they, um, they invented, if you want, this kind of road um, project um, where they collected at the end of the day 16 million records daily uh, across these different channels of data, if you want, and um, could act within 15 minutes um, where they put the salt on the street to ensure, based on machine learning aspects and all this data shared, um, the best use of this, let's say, limited uh, resource called salt for the street. Um, so it's 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 just give you an, an idea where this leads into, um, or where this could lead into, um, when you now connect these kind of information where I can drive safely uh, with Waze, this application, third party, public-private partnership, if you want, uh, where Waze is telling you in real time, this street is better for your use right now because of weather conditions and because of the street itself. And you can then push this also out on uh, your audience, if you want, or your, um, your citizen on Twitter, who are maybe also allocated around this area um, and drive from left to right, I say, um, to really avoid accidents and avoid a flowing traffic if you want. Um, so um, actually you can say, hey, this road is closed because of snow, right? Um, and uh, also this road is closed because of construction or this has been an accident here, et cetera, stuff you know, but in com combination with, with these real-time data and real-time push-outs, if you want, of information, you got a complete new experience um, and also hopefully less accidents and um, a better understanding about what's going on. And you can plan based off the historical data then um, your next winter, right? So what was working good, what was working not so good. Excellent. I think that's given us great insight into two technologies that I feel are going to play a central role in the smart cities of the years and indeed decades ahead. 
I'd like to thank Alexander Schaller from Cloudera, Germany, for joining us today. Thank you, Graham, for having me.